Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, with thanks to our very good friends at Cheese Links. Lovely to see you again, Kevin. And you too. And to remind everyone to jump on that website, cheeselinks.com.au, because cheese is one of the great things of life and you should be savouring all the good things about life. That's right. And you should uh, learn to make it because uh, Janet is doing our workshops again and it's a great pastime. Like it's a lot of fun, quite aside from the fact you uh, get to do something very productive with your time. You do. And it's not an expensive thing by any stretch of the imagination. So all the doodads you need, all the equipment you need and all the (laughs) ingredients you need, cheeselinks.com.au. Love a good doodad. A doodad. I want the cheese doodad (laughs) over here, thanks. Now, I'm telling you, I like a good good food book. Kevin's got a um, a lovely, beautiful cookbook in his uh, hot little hands. And that's because the author of this book is our guest this week. But a lot of cookbooks... Um, don't really scrub up that well. This one scrubs up beautifully. The pictures in this, uh, it's called Intolerance Friendly Kitchen. And I didn't expect it to be quite as sumptuous as what it actually is because I thought, oh, it's, in, it's all the gluten-free and it's all that. It's all That's gonna... right. Well, there was a time when gluten-free and, and, and food that uh, was aimed towards people with intolerances, I guess, was kind of considered a little bit boring or not quite up to scratch of the, you know, your regular stuff. Yep. But I tell you what, it's not only on a par, it um, often surpasses um, what you what you might get uh, these days, and this a book by Georgia McDermott is uh, just an absolute feast for the eyes. It's a beauty. It's a big, thick one too. It's got <laughs> uh, terrific recipes in it, and uh, you can understand all the things about uh, uh, food intolerance. I have people intolerance, which is a totally <laughs> different thing. Yeah, that's aimed in my direction. But if, for example, say you uh, you have celiac uh, disease yep. or you you can't tolerate wheat. This is a podcast you'll really want to listen to. Absolutely. A lot of us uh, for many, many years thought all this stuff was made up. Yeah. Uh, oh, just being difficult. Yeah, you're being high maintenance, exactly. Kevin. Exactly. But uh, Intolerance Friendly Kitchen is the name of the book. And here is the author. Uh, it is Georgia McDermott. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Georgia, thank you for joining us on Food Bites and congratulations on Intolerance Friendly Kitchen, your new book. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, Georgia, this book is all about, uh, well, it's it's aimed at people who have food uh, intolerances and nobody knows what that is like more than you. You have your own personal experience with this. Can you tell us about your yeah. journey just to get started? Yeah, for sure. So I sort of started becoming unwell probably in my early 20s. Um, I started becoming intolerant to things like onion and garlic and I didn't really know what was happening. So I went to doctors, gastroenterologists, that sort of thing. And since then, I've been diagnosed with gastroparesis, which is sort of a gut motility disorder where um, the muscle contraction that pushes food through your system sort of doesn't work as it should. Mm. Um, So food sits in your system for a lot longer than necessary. And I think from issue has sort of spiralled a number of other issues. So I'm intolerant to pretty much everything under the sun at this point, which is brilliant. Just the way you've described that, uh, Georgia, I mean, that that sounds pretty darn uncomfortable. Yeah, look, it's it's certainly, uh, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a milder case, but it is a life-changing sort of 
thing. You have to think about when you eat, how much you're eating, what you're eating, which really impacts, you know, most areas of your life. Well, so did you get a, a kind of uh, an idea of what you what what you when you get that diagnosis? What do you do then? Do you go back and work out what you can and can't eat? And well, by the sounds of it, there wasn't a lot you could. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's sort of been a cumulative process. You know, once I got that first diagnosis, um, I could start working out. You know, was there something behind it? Because sometimes it can be caused by like diabetes, or uh, sometimes it can be idiopathic, which was it was in my case. But um, from there, you know, I sort of got diagnosed with SIBO. I've got a bunch of food intolerances. So it's all just <laughs> this huge, unfortunate mess. But it, no, it's been, I mean, I've formed a career out of it. So it's been, you know, silver lining, obviously. Georgia, this can be a, a, a sensitive sort of subject because when someone might say, for example, come around to a person's house for dinner and they say, oh, I've got celiac disease, I can't have this, or I have a fructose intolerance. And I mean, there, there is a sense sometimes they can be considered high maintenance or that people just <laughs> don't understand how serious it is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's interesting. I think even I sometimes, you know, you hear people say, I can't have this, can't have that. And you think, oh, really? <laughs> even though I can't have this and that. So I think, I don't know, it's just a natural, yeah, I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, it's not high maintenance and I should know that of all people it's really it is quite a debilitating thing when you eat something that you shouldn't uh, the next couple of days are just really unpleasant so mm. I mean it's I think it's hard when you're so used to cooking a certain way and someone comes along and says oh no no I can't have onion and garlic mm. um it really throws you off and I, I totally get that I mean an onion and garlic that's just cruel I mean yeah, <laughs> it's, is it it's ever? devastating honestly <laughs> <laughs> garlic was my my really you know that was the big one yeah in so many things. So do you then just sit down and start to work out what you can what you can do and how you can sort of skirt around the issues and find other things to replace the things that you had? Is that is was that your journey? Yeah, yeah. So I think um the FODMAP diet is really it's it's what I've been following. Um and it is sort of it's a group of carbohydrates that are fermented in the gut. Um and so as a result that can cause, you know, the digestive symptoms. So there is the FODMAP diet was created by Monash, and that's sort of a framework that you can start to avoid things like onion and garlic um, and other high FODMAP foods. So that's a really helpful framework to have. Um, but yeah, it's really just trial and error. You sort of have to eat something, and go, oh, no, that doesn't agree, and then work around it from there. I was going to ask about uh, FODMAP. I mean, it, it is a term that's familiar, but a lot of people probably don't know exactly what it is. But I have noticed here in Melbourne where we are that there um, are more and more, you know, FODMAP-friendly eateries and, and cafes popping up. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I mean, I was at the pub the other night and there was a FODMAP-friendly meal, which is, <laughs> I mean, you know, when I started it was unheard of. So, yeah, it's really exciting to see for someone like me. So I have to say, when you <laughs> open this book, This Intolerance-Friendly Kitchen, there's not a lot there that you can't eat that is is, is uh, not absolutely unbelievable. And I, I had a little party in my head when I got to page 42 and oh. saw vanilla slices oh, were in there. He, Kevin is a vanilla slice <laughs> tragic. My goodness me. Uh, Do yes. them babies look good? <laughs> Thank you. They did take a while to perfect, I have to say. Yeah, it was a – the puff pastry is really just – it relies on gluten. So it was a bit of a struggle to get that one done, but I'm really glad that I did. I mean, you know, you use puff pastry for so many things yeah. and it's delicious. 
It's amazing to look at some of these pictures, uh, George. I mean, I was looking at the cakes and I think in the oh. past um, gluten-free um, cakes have been accused of being, you know, a bit dry and flat. But these <laughs> ones, the lemon drizzle cake, for example, and Kevin's just flipping through it now as I speak. The easiest ever chocolate layer cake. They oh. look so beautifully <laughs> moist. So obviously gluten-free cooking has come a long way. Oh, it's come such a long way. I think, you know, even from what's available in the supermarket to the fact that there's bulk food stores now. So a lot of alternative gluten-free flours are like super easily purchased these days. So I think from when I started, which was probably maybe eight years ago now, it's just a completely different world. There's so many more options. There's so much more information on the internet. I think, yeah, it's, it's come a long way. Yeah. Is, is, it a, is it a better way to eat? Is it a healthier way to eat? Uh, forget the, the intolerance. No. No? I mean, I, I wouldn't say so for, you know, if you don't need to avoid it, no need. I mm. mean, you know, gluten, wheat, they're all perfectly healthy. Uh, if they're causing you issues, that's a different story. But, you know, for the average person, I'd say eat whatever makes you feel good. And you make it quite clear in, in the book, Georgia, that this is not about uh, low sugar, low fat. It's it's just no. about <laughs> making things uh, inclusive so everyone can enjoy them, like Kevin yeah, and his uh, vanilla slice. Yeah, <laughs> a croissant is certainly not low sugar and low fat. So, no, it's um, more of a celebration of things that previously maybe you weren't able to eat rather than sort of a quote-unquote healthy, you know, book per se. Georgia, sourdough became, uh, you know, the uh, the absolute lockdown yeah. favourite. Uh, every, <laughs> everybody was doing it. I had no idea there were so many. Uh, you've got like 40-odd pages of got sourdough sweet in this and sourdough savoury. Uh, it's, it's a, oh, I mean, I love sourdough bread. It's beautiful. Uh, it, is it trickier when you do it in this as opposed to what everyone was doing during lockdown? Um, I mean, I actually started, I got really into it in lockdown. I had dabbled with it before it all kicked off. But, you know, when you're at home, you've got nothing else to do. I was like, brilliant. I'll just perfect 100 different sourdough <laughs> recipes. Um, I mean, I guess gluten-free is different to regular sourdough. You don't need to knead it as much. Um, it doesn't quite get that open crumb that maybe a regular sourdough does. But the process is pretty much the same. It's just using alternative flours and also psyllium husk to hold the whole thing together. I'm assuming putting this book together, Georgia, has been a labour of love and it's been a fairly long and involved process. How long did it take you to uh, from go to woe? I mean, it took me a year. But I would say that I sort of, there were a few things like the croissants that I had been dabbling with in advance in anticipation of putting them in a book. Um, but I mean, when I say a year, it was a year of like, I didn't leave the house. <laughs> I mean, it was lockdown here anyway, so it worked quite well. But it was, yeah, it was a pretty intense year. Yeah, perfect um, lockdown project though, isn't it? Oh, Honestly, I didn't even notice it was lockdown. The only thing that I noticed was that I couldn't go to the supermarket more than once a day. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, I mean, is there something you miss? Is there a food that you miss that you would you would love to be able to, you know, still be able to enjoy? Garlic. Yeah. Anything, yeah. garlic and anything. I think garlic is the number one, even, I mean, above onion. Yeah. Just about garlic. Yeah. I did recently, um, you, can, you can infuse garlic in oil, which is, you sort of get the flavour, um, but more so if you infuse it in ghee, I realised recently. So I've been dabbling with that. Um, but, yeah, nothing will quite compare. Is that is that your sort of uh, your mission, your search? You've got to find something that'll Garlic. take I the. I do. Cl- <laughs> I really do. Yep. yep. No, it's, that's impo- the next it's important to have a it's important to have a mission, and that's a bloody good one. I would have thought. <laughs> do you have any personal favourites, uh, Georgia, in the book? I mean, you know, I've already talked so much about the croissants. I think the croissants <laughs> because 
they took me so long, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then there are a few sort of dark horses that I didn't quite accept. Um, there's savoury scones in there, which mm. are cacio e pepe. And I just thought, you know, when you're developing 100 recipes, there's maybe some that are not, you know, they're not your favourites. But it really surprised me. I have to say, I was really shocked by how much I enjoyed them. So I'd say they are one of my favourites as well. Sounds like um, I don't know. I'm just taking a guess here, but maybe breakfast or brunch would be one of your favourite meals of the day. You like the sourdough and the uh, and the croissants and. So oh yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> breakfast for dinner. Happy with that. We take you to page 119 oh. and those those blueberry muffins. Oh. oh, are they beautiful? That that I guess that's the one uh, saving grace of this. The the fresh produce you're still able to enjoy is is still a is still a treat. Yes, yeah. I mean, there are some rules around different fruits. So apples are quite high fructose um, stone fruits, which is pretty devastating. I mean, you can eat them in. <laughs> Sometimes you go on there. That Monash have an app that sort of tell you what a safe threshold of certain foods are. Um, and sometimes it's like one teaspoon of nectarine, which is pretty depressing. But um, no, berries are good. Uh, yeah, so th- there are still some fruits you can have safely. And Joy- blueberry muffins are probably my favourite oh, muffin. Nothing not better. Like those. <laughs> Georgia, no. uh, you talked about. I know there's a there's a FODMAP app that's uh, that's available now. Are all these things starting to come into into vogue now to help people because uh, you know with dealing with this? Yeah, I mean, I think. FODMAP has really been around. I'm not exactly sure when Monash and Sue Shepherd came up with it, but I think it's been around since at least the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a certainly more of a niche thing back then. And even when I started, I sort of looked at the list and thought, oh, no, nah, no, that's not for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, th- I think it's sort of gained traction. I mean, there's a lot more information on the internet. There's a lot more information about um, intolerances and whatnot. So I think... Yeah, it's really it's really taken on a life of its own to their credit. It's it's a really good system. Yeah. I have at least one good friend with um, uh, several um, food intolerances and I, I know just how frustrating it is just uh, if we go out for a meal and, uh, you know, choosing somewhere we can go that we can both enjoy and, I know, you know, even though there's so many more options available to us now, um, it still must be frustrating at times. What would your advice be to, uh, to someone who has um, food allergies or intolerances and uh, what's the best way forward? I mean... I actually just sort of, I think, you know, there's, there is arguably the stress component of a lot of digestive issues. Um, and so my thing when I go out, I just sort of go with the flow. I used to be very uptight about it and sort of, you know, check ahead and whatnot, but I've just found for the sake of enjoying the experience and enjoying the food, it's easier just to get there and figure it out as you go. I mean, this is obviously from the perspective of someone who doesn't have any life-threatening allergies. So that's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, But, you know, when I go on holidays or when I eat out, I really just try and, you know, a lot of places, like if you have a salad, they will take the onion off. If you have, there are things that you can take the onion off and things that you can't, Mm. uh, like a curry. But, I mean, yeah, I just sort of go with the flow and see what happens. (laughs) So do do your research perhaps is a good suggestion if you're uh, going away or going out. Yeah, yeah, and I think places with a lot of fresh food, sort of salady, you know, those sorts of things, that's a lot easier to request changes, whereas something like a curry or something that's been pre-made is a little bit trickier. I think um, these days restaurants are great with their gluten-free options, so that's that's a really easy one. 
I think the onion and garlic are where it gets a little bit tricky. George, you mentioned that uh, you were discovered in, in, in yourself in, in your early 20s. What, what about kids these days? Are, they, are these things being discovered earlier in, in kids these days or are we having to wait till they become adults and go out on their own and all of a sudden go, hang on, I can't eat this? <laughs> You know, I actually don't know any children. <laughs> um, I'm not, yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't know, to be honest. I think, you know, parents probably these days, there's a lot more information out there and so they can sort of help diagnose or partially diagnose and then take um, their children to a doctor. Yeah. I think allergies are on the rise, but, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm not, uh, not a doctor. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Yeah, uh, look, it's a, it's a beautifully presented book. Uh, the, the photographs are, are just terrific, and uh, you've done a done a fantastic job with it. Congratulations! It's a it's a really really good book. Thank you so much. I'm I'm really proud of it. It was a really fulfilling project, particularly in lockdown. So yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> and people can uh, jump on. Uh, you've got a website, and you've got uh, I think uh, some social media platforms as well, where you where you to sort of show your stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do. So my website is www.georgeats.com. And Instagram is George Eats as well. Now, our food poll for this program <laughs> is uh, to do with uh, plant-based milks Ugh. and whether people oh. like plant-based milks or not and which of those that they, they choose to use. Now, you use a, a fair bit of soy milk? I do, yes, yeah. Now, I've always thought soy milk <laughs> tasted like, you know, really – it was awful. I've never, I've never tasted a soy <laughs> milk that's actually tasted like milk. Um, yeah, no, none of them do. <laughs> well, I'm pleased you said that. It's not just my taste buds. I'm feeling much better about it. So is soy milk your milk of choice? Yeah, I think it's my milk of choice because I sort of started going, well, using less regular milk, uh, what, eight years ago now? Yep. So there weren't yeah. that many options when I started and it's just the one that I got accustomed to. And, you know, when you got, went out for coffee, it was really regular milk or soy milk. I mean, people these days love oat milk. Mm. Yeah. but Technically, that's not gluten-free or considered gluten-free in Australia. I think oats are um, – the protein in them is considered gluten-ish, close oh. to gluten. Yeah. yeah. I think it's called avenin. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, a bit too close to gluten to be considered celiac-friendly. Um, yeah. I mean, there's rice milk, but I – There's arm, almond milk. Almond milk's another one, yeah. Almond milk's another one. I feel um, I got, you know, the whole environmental impact and the bees and whatnot. I sort of got turned off by that, yeah. but um, yeah, there's not there's not a great option. I have seen that they're um, making potato milk. I saw that I too. On the shelf, there. I reckon Kevin would Kevin go for that. How do you milk a potato? <laughs> Sorry, how do you milk a potato? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have to ask the potato farmer. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that, that that sounds very Irish to me. Uh, <laughs> very Irish indeed. Now, once again, congratulations on the book, Georgia. Thanks so much for spending some time as, uh, with us here on the Food Bites podcast because it's a, a, a really important area that we need to find out more about. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Oh, righty. I'm just about to eat page 42 again. Well, then the blueberry muffins, you nearly (laughs) lost your mind over those. I thought the lemon drizzle cake looked particularly moist. Uh, it looks funny because it's like little little men type shapes, but yep. yeah, beautiful. Uh, yep. Look at that vanilla. And the vanilla slice. slice is just a work of art in oh. itself. Well done, George. I mean, that was a um, like I said, a labour of love. Uh, it was conceived and and written and compiled during a lockdown, and she has done a magnificent job. 
Absolutely. And as you heard us say, uh, the food poll that we're about to talk about is sort of uh, – wasn't meant to be on the back of talking to Georgia by any stretch oh, of imagination. Oh, but it enhances it, doesn't it? But the uh, the old planet's just lined up. Well, and plant milk. Plant milk, which just saying plant milk in itself sometimes gets people's backs an ox- up. An oxymoron if ever I heard one. <laughs> I think you're one of those people that uh, doesn't quite like it. And you'll you'll get that there are many for and many against here. Stephen Tuzel from Dairy Country, I might say. Mm. What do you think? My ancestors would roll in their graves to think of such a concept. Long live the Jersey cow. Long live the dairy farmer. Yes, some I don't like. Almond. I find a watery waste of time, says Rebecca. Hmm. Uh, now, Rebecca is well known. She comments a lot on uh, on the uh, food polls. So she's a vegan. Yep. I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, finds almond a watery waste of time. Coconut can be too heavy yeah. in some things, but love it for cakes and sweets. Mm. Uh, for having with cereal, uh, I like pistachio. Oh. For hot chocolate, I like soy. And I like feeling happy that I'm not contributing to the sad life of a dairy cow. So oh, there's there the two go. There's the two in the first two comments we've got, the two absolute polar, polar opposites. opposites. Pistachio milk, haven't heard of that. Me neither. Sue Landry says nay. Muriel Cooper says uh, they add so much stuff to make it taste okay, it's a no to plant-based milk oh, for me. That's an interesting point. Andy mm. Blake says no, uh, and she likes skinny latte all the way. Lauren says yes, soy milk, only because I can't tolerate dairy milk any longer. Yeah. Lisa Marie, yay. Anthony says oat milk is great for cereal. I might point out yeah. the reason I'm giggling is because huh. my I, I'm due for new prescription glasses, yeah. so sometimes <laughs> I don't quite – and it looked like cat milk. And I thought, <laughs> no, cat milk is probably not good for anybody. Either. Oh, I don't know about that. Glenn Rodder, Anthony James, uh, it also is good for a hot chockey apparently. Yes, said uh, – was answering yeah. Anthony there. Sue Hosking said uh, a dairy cow for me. Yeah, and she's from dairy country too. Leonie Kay says nay. Joe Davis says uh, yay, almond and coconut. Mm. Julie, it is for a smoothly. A smoothly. Smoothly. <laughs> I think you might need to get your glasses checked the same time a I get mine done. only, Kevin. Karen Young says nay. Joylene, nay. Uh, Glenn Rodder says, hey, Pato, yep. can understand that some people cannot tolerate moo juice, mm. but for me, forget the skinny and the other stuff and make mine a crappy chino full cream. Ah, yes. Tony Bennett. Tony, <laughs> no milk back. today, the love has gone away. No? What is Tony Herman's say? Hermits, right? He says, oh, God, no, give me real milk any day. Ah, Bart Shaw says pretend milk. Ah, Joyce, nope, none of them. Give me cow juice every time. Lydia Wheeler just puts a vomit thing Emoji, up. yeah. Big green vomit. <laughs> Terry Daniel, I've never tried any and I'm not planning to start now. Fair Kevin, nay. Pamela Matthew says, nay, milk comes <laughs> from cows, not nuts. Good point. The other so-called milks should be called juices. <laughs> All those people saying nay, maybe we should have told them to say moo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. Ooh. I made a joke. Ooh. Silvana, no from me. Uh, nay, always cow's milk for Rachel. Candace Wyatt says, I use oat milk for my smoothies. It's delicious. I don't drink coffee and I only have black or herbal tea. So I can't comment from that perspective, but if I have a hot chocolate, it has to be cow's milk. There you go. Stephen Rapin says, I'm still of the thought there needs to be truth in advertising. Call it nut <laughs> no. juice instead of milk and see who drinks yeah, it then. Yeah, interesting. Um, Jan says, never in a million years. I am not allergic to cow's milk. I love it. If I was allergic to cow's milk, I would drink goat's milk or water. I want the flavour. If I want the flavour of an almond, I will eat an almond. Fair enough, cool too. Jimmy Wilson says big nay. 
Steve Woods says, hell no. Cherie says, so we'll try them but need to put chocolate with them. Yeah. Amanda says, no way, not now, not ever, not in a million years. Amanda is from South Gippsland Dairy Country. She, she got a couple of little cows yeah. after her thing there. Uh, Gizzy Bill, which sounds like one of the cows that Amanda might have there, <laughs> says nay. Uh, Michelle, nope. Uh, Helen says, no, bloody awful. Artie Stevens says, okay, I've tried a few. Almond milk is okay, although it must be a bugger finding the udders. Final report, nah. <laughs> and I'm here all week. Steve Bastoni says almond or oat with my coffee. Yeah, a few people are saying oats, okay. Mm. Brendan, oat milk, surprisingly good. Just going to say it off Twitter, says oat milk gets my vote. <laughs> Stephen Quartermain with big um, vomit emoji. Darren Purchase says he loves oat milk. There you go. Stone Cold Steve Baker, they're a yay from this punter, but it depends largely on the brand or the manufacturer. Some are disgraceful and some are delicious. Jane Barnes says, uh, Bon Soy is ah, fine for me. I'm lactose intolerant. There you go. Old Croaky, nah, plants are for pests. I'll go with the herd and consume milk from cows. And uh, <laughs> you might do the last one yes, before I get to okay, the last Okay, Michael one. Turner, I'll give it a miss, Kevin. Thank you, Mickey. Uh, Wayne finally says. Is that Michael Turner? Ex Geelong. Ex Geelong, oh. yes, it is. Uh, Wayne says, I do not even, I did, I, <laughs> here we go again. I did not even know this was a thing. And this whole question has been quite traumatic, to be honest. Oh. At first, I Googled nut milk. <laughs> And I'm not sure if I need to change my browser settings, but I was a little bit shocked at the results. Oh, God. But anywho, uh, now for a start, this is not milk. I'm sick and tired of these fake hippie products using words like milk and bacon mm. when they clearly are not what they claim to be. Yeah. Now, what cheese is this that he's talking about? Parmigiano. Parmigiano cheese and champagne are protected by the PG, that's Protected Geographical Indication Board, and we need a similar organisation to stop real product names being used by fake Mm. foods. Very good point. I hate claggy white (laughs) bovine extract (laughs) at the best of times. He means milk. (laughs) <laughs> but a one-fingered butcher would have more chance of successfully stealing a, camber- a tambourine than I have of imbibing <laughs> chalky plant-based pseudo-cow boob juice, try saying that quick, <laughs> instead of the real deal. Nay times a oh, thousand. Oh, Wayne, outdone yourself again. He makes a good point there. There has been a vigorous debate about the use of uh, – the word milk in, uh, in plant-based uh, products from the, the dairy industry who argue, well, well you can't milk call can it only come from a cow. Milk. You can't call it almonds and nut. Mm, coconut milk, coconut rice milk. milk. I had soy milk. The, the one and only time that I've ever had soy milk I didn't know is I put it in my coffee at one of the radio stations I worked at, put it in my coffee and, went and spat, literally mm. spat my coffee out across the What? The milk's off. I just you – know, the yes. milk's off. I said, I'm sorry, everyone, the milk's off. There were three people standing <laughs> in the kitchen with me and they went, no, Kev, that's soy milk. And I went – and I think Dutch. every one of us at some oh. stage has done exactly what you did. If there is no uh, cow milk in the fridge and you see that there is an alternative soy milk, you think, I, I've just got to have coffee, so I'm just going to give this a go. No. I've done that and uh, oh. yeah, I, I can't handle the soy milk. Perhaps it's a matter of uh, just repetition and getting used to it. But uh, Oh, if you poke yourself in the head, you won't feel it after but, 20 times. But, Kevin, if, if it's not fair to call, you know, almond milk, nut milk, what, what else do you call it? What, what, what do you call it? I don't know. It's something, you, put it in, you put it in your milk. Well, almond extract is something you use in baking. So 
No, yeah. you can't call it milk, though. Goat's milk, fine, because you milk the goat. Because milking is milking. Milking mm. is, you know, exactly as <laughs> the motion of milking. Where's the where's the uh, the udder on an, an almond or a coconut? Mm. Pull the udder one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, it, pretty much split fifty fifty. But uh, certainly oat milk is one that's come. Oat and almond seem to be the. If ones. I was going to try one, based on the response to oat. that, I would go the oat. Yeah, yeah, me too. I wouldn't mind. I've I've heard of tiger nut milk. They call it tiger milk. Oh, okay. Coconut milk, obviously, you have a lot in curries and oh, things I haven't like heard that. of pistachio milk, but that no, sounds quite nice. Yeah, I like pistachios. I wonder if it's green. Well, it's only another nut, isn't it? So yes. we'll be we'll be having uh, Nobby's salted uh, cashew milk yes. next and <laughs> Nolte's beer, uh, Nobby's uh, beer nuts milk. Well, Do that one, I'll put it in my coffee. You can make cashew cream, you realise. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, the world, no. Kevin, the world is full of nuts. So now we're going to go from milk to cream. No, not, no, just give me a cow. Goodness sake. Don't have a cow, but get one. Uh, now, thanks once again to Georgia McDermott. Uh, Intolerance Friendly Kitchen mm. is the name of that book if you're interested. Uh, it's out through Penguin and it is a very, very, very good book. Especially the uh, sourdough section is a good oh. read. <laughs> so there's a buckwheat uh, bread in there that looks so mm. good, so good. Anyway, that is uh, another edition of uh, this particular podcast, Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. It's, thanks to Cheese Links. It's been a pleasure as always, Kevin. Cheese Links. .com.au, that's the website. Go to that and you'll find out everything you need to know about making your own cheese, doing it at home and how you go about it. So jump on that and uh, if you like, give Janet a call afterwards on 52821984. Say g'day. G'day. Uh, no, <laughs> we're going to say goodbye. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.